0: bringing you the latest episode of our podcast, episode 21. Woo, holla. Uh, <laughs> Is that, like, going to become your thing? Maybe. Like how I always mention
1: what? Joshua Jackson or Friday Night Lights, and you're going to always say holla? Yeah. Because it sounds so funny. Cheesy 90s things. It sounds really funny when you say
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so today we are talking about two topics that... People seem to not like oftentimes when they encounter these. I would say they're rather,
1: people feel very strongly about these particular yes. subjects.
0: Yes. So today we were going to share our thoughts on insta-love. Quote unquote. Yes. And love triangles. And, and we would love to know your thoughts as well. You know, whenever the podcast gets posted in the comments and things like <laughs> that, so. Well, I Because it's not like we think we're the end-all, be-all of this conversation. What?
1: We're not. Oh, I'm sorry. I am the end-all, be-all. <laughs> I thought we established this, like, sometime I'm Oh, ago. sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm so awful. Um, but I do, especially Insta Love is such an interesting, like, I feel like that's, it's also something that sort of, like, maybe only exists, like, in the brain of the internet, because I'm not sure I've ever heard someone in like
0: real life, real
1: life talk. Like I don't think I don't think I've ever heard anyone in book club, for example, talk about insta love.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. You know, yeah, i have not I've never heard it used. I think it real might be sort term. of an internet term. Yeah, I mean, I think if you were to use the term insta love, people would know what you mean. Yeah, I think people because would it's get a it. Term that makes sense. Yeah, but, like I don't think that it's one that's in common use. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think, I do think that the sort of phenomenon of sort of that like, you know, love at first sight thing is one that kind of annoys people. I kind of am not one of those people, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I, I don't, it's sort of, I don't know if it has necessarily the visceral reaction, um, in like sort of, like, real life as much as it does online.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'm not really sure. I think people, I don't know if the problem is that they think it's not realistic, or if they, I don't know exactly what the problem is sometimes. Well, I I do think. People really don't seem to like it. When it happens, when it occurs in a book, people seem to get very angry, I have noticed. Yes,
1: (laughs) and I, I do think, I mean, I do think it's something that, um, it, I'm trying to think of a way to say this, my brain is not functioning very well. That it really depends on how that type of relationship is written. I mean, like everything in yes, um, but it's uh, because I think there are some really good examples of it working really well, mm-hmm. um, but where but we've all read those books where it is done. Terribly. Yes. I mean, that's, where you're just like, what? (laughs) You know, girl sees cute boy, cute new boy at school. Yeah. Falls madly in love with him. You know, pines away for him. You know,
0: that,
1: you know, the sort of, you know, I hate to like name drop Twilight, but that sort of Twilightification, (laughs) like that sort of trope. you know, where it's like this sort of instantaneous tunnel vision thing that isn't actually very well developed, where yeah. you don't know enough about the characters to sort of get why, you know, this is happening in their lives. You don't really know enough about what's going on with them that would attract them to this specific person.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: all of that, that kind of thing. I think that's where... It's
0: kind like the Romeo and Juliet kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like,
1: honestly, like, Romeo and Juliet, the original, like, nonsensical insta-love.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> except that people seem to find that story very romantic. It's not. It's, very odd to it's me. not. I mean, because, I mean, if you look at the ending of it, I don't. It's horrible.
1: I think you can spoil Romeo and Juliet.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> I'm just like that um, doesn't seem like a happy ending well, to me. <laughs> you know, we read actually we read
1: a book club and we remember read the retelling of, yes, Rome, of when Romeo and Juliet
0: by Rebecca Searle. Yeah.
1: And she did kind of a good job of sort of
0: subverting I subverting,
1: thought. and like sort of shining a light on the highly dysfunctional nature of that particular version of right. and still Love, like that sort of obsessive, um, quality to that story. And I think right. that's actually also kind of what it is that's always so off-putting is that kind of like obsessive, like unhealthy nature of it. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, I think that's what is off-putting. And what happens is we see that so much that we it's like almost like when I when I encounter that in a book I can have that like oh god you know it's yeah. not going to be you know
0: <laughs> yeah it's like, like there's a difference between a meet cute and yeah. to love where like a meet cute there's like attraction and yeah you know no, like and I, you could see it going somewhere but it's not like these two people become obsessed with each other from the get-go
1: yeah like oh I click with this person and that there's something you know that it is it is different and I one of my favorite I see I can relate everything to Lisa Schroeder's books too yes hi Lisa we're really good at that. Um, hi, Lisa. but the day before yes. I think is a great example of when something that's often labeled insta-love can be executed really well yeah because Kate and Amber in that story, they're both in a really similar place in their lives, and they they get that instantly. Yeah. And so they they spend this day together, and it's really an important thing to them. It's kind of like, you know, before before sunrise. It's right. Another You know, like, that's yeah. another
0: great. Which um, is done really well, I think. Really
1: well. I mean, those two characters, like, they, you know, meet on that train, and, like, there's something there to them, and, you know, they... And, I mean... I, that that's those movies are so good. <laughs>
0: yeah, they are really good. I just watched the third one a few days ago uh, before, before midnight, midnight and I really liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, they're really they're they're really smart movies and I think um the day before has a lot of that same that same quality that and that's why that version of quote unquote Insta Love in that story works so well is because you know where, you know, you know where Amber's coming from, and as you learn about Cade, you get why they had this connection. Yeah, And so there are, there are times when it can be really well done.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, and I can definitely think of times in my life where this hasn't really necessarily led to a romantic interest or infatuation, but, you know, where I have been at a certain point in my life where I felt alone, or I felt like... No one understood me, as we all do when we are, like, 15, or even, like, 3-3, like I happen to be now. But, you know, and I feel like there's been times in my life where I felt that way, and, you know, I would meet somebody at this point where I thought I was by myself, and I would meet somebody that I could really relate to all of a sudden, and they could relate to me. Um, and I think that's something that does happen in life sometimes, even if it doesn't necessarily lead to, like, a romantic relationship but like sometimes you're lucky enough to like come upon somebody you know and that person comes along when you need them to
1: yeah no I I agree and I wish I had had saved this particular tweet that um did you see Elizabeth Scott who was on our podcast a few episodes ago talking about that that and her own personal experience with meeting her husband and um she, she just was And I'll see if I can sift through, like, stalk her Twitter feed and find (laughs) (laughs) what she said, because she said it so well about, you know, how sometimes you you just know, and, you know, that's something that...
0: And how... I think she said something about how love at first sight really does happen sometimes. Yeah, it, it... It's like it was a real thing for her that happened.
1: Yeah, and she... And... And she she spoke about how well she didn't speak she tweeted about how um it was uh you know when we basically when we bag on that type of relationship
0: yeah you're like bagging on people for whom that's happened and, and yeah and so in far. a sense you're almost um
1: dismissing um people's emotional reality that wasn't the term she used but and yeah. it, 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 she but she said so eloquently and I'll dig that up because um in in a lot of her books, she has, um, she does that a lot with the romantic entanglements where um, people come across the right person at the right time, and like Miracle is a great example of that. Yeah, um, with the main character and um, Joe, the boy that um, from that book, they those two really needed what each other could give at that time. And it was like, it was a really well done. And I know that one, that book's even been criticized for insta-love and I don't, I thought it was really well developed. Oh yeah. Elizabeth Scott, Laura, Laura's so good. She found it on Twitter. Um, she posted her Twitter love story about uh, she and her husband and said, saw him the second she walked in the room. He looked up and they both knew everyone said it wouldn't last. It did.
0: So, of course she said it was really
1: beautifully. <laughs> <Right. laughs> we should just read her Twitter feed. I know. <laughs>
0: maybe you should have brought her on for this I one know. too. <laughs> um,
1: so, uh, it, uh, so it can work and it can be really authentic, but I do think there's some really, um, there can be some problematic elements to it. And it's, yeah.
0: I think maybe the issue for some people too is that they, it's, It seems unrealistic that a relationship would work based on not knowing the other person Mm -hmm. very well, I guess. But I don't, I mean, I feel like, like Elizabeth Scott wasn't saying that the relationship didn't take effort. No. But, you know, she was able to make it work because she thought that, you know, she really, they really believed that this person was the right person.
1: Well, and I think that's also when it when it feels like it fails is because you don't see on the page any of the work. It's just right. this like exactly oh, yeah. you know. And that's that was actually one of the reasons um, we were talking before we started recording. We we're actually talking a little bit about the Under the Never Sky, the Veronica Rossi series. And I read the first book, and I wasn't actually planning on continuing that series because it sort of felt like a kind of a these two characters didn't really like each other and then boom they did and it felt really rushed and hurried and i didn't know that there a lot of that work wasn't on the page and i mm-hmm. on a whim read, listened to the audiobook of the second book which i really loved and then recently listened to the third book which i thought was quite good as well and in those books we see a lot of that the work that happens after yeah um in those two characters relationship and i was so it's sort of interesting also like cuz that's a you know a series long story Seeing how that the thing that annoyed me in the first, well, there were a lot of things that annoyed me in the first book. <laughs> well, it also says, like, sometimes if there's something that interests you in a series, like, maybe it's worth, like, reading the next one.
0: Right. You know, mm-hmm.
1: because that, that a lot irritated me in the first book, and I ended up really enjoying that series on the whole. Um, but they, uh, seeing the work made that story so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times, oh man. There's some. There are some really bad, like yeah, ins- <laughs> there really are. It's <laughs> <out> there. <laughs> there really um, and it, it it can be frustrating as a reader because you just don't know. Yeah, and um,
0: or it seems like there's. I don't know. I feel like people really want explanations for things, and I feel like in some ways, when you do meet somebody and you and the insta-love things happens, Mm -hmm. that a lot of times in those situations, there's not necessarily an explanation. And so I think that's troublesome to some people.
1: I I will say that my husband and I were pretty much insta-love type people. It was really (laughs) annoying.
0: I think that's sweet. You (laughs) guys are cute together. We're dorks. (laughs) Which is why you're cute
1: together. (laughs) But uh, I'm all red. Uh, um, Because you're
0: talking about you're in your husband's (laughs) insta-love.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, we were an odd couple, I think. (laughs) Not anymore, but I think people thought we
0: were. Uh, I think a lot of people thought that about my husband and I. You two were, like, the
1: cutest, though.
0: I think, yeah, but we're very different in some ways, and I think most people saw the differences. You're complimentary. Than like, yeah, but people didn't see that. Yeah. That's just negative people. Yeah. Not re- that they, it's not like they had a problem with it, but they thought it was a No, very you weird, two really cute. <laughs> <laughs> um... I'm not going to argue about
1: that. Um, you know it. You guys both know it. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he likes to wind you up. It's really funny. Yes, he's
0: really good at that.
1: Well, and he gets this, like, very pleased grin when yeah. he does it. Like,
0: he, he doesn't... He's very entertained by that sort of thing. He really
1: is. He gets this kind of, like, sparkle, like... He <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs> Excuse me, now I'm going to cough up a lump. Um, uh. Anyway... Uh, I was just I I recently listened to again I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks, mm-hmm. um, but I recently listened to Ketchup Clouds by Annabelle Pitcher.
0: Oh, okay. which is I've a, only read one of her books. She also she only wrote my sister lives on the mountain, mountain, mountain. Yeah, mountain yeah mountain I read piece. that one.
1: And man, well, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on that book. Like, <laughs> she's such a good writer and not a great storyteller. Like, and that's such a weird thing. I mean, that is a weird, I don't Mm -hmm. think I've encountered that, um, before, but that, that book in particular illustrates both subjects we're going to be talking about today, Mm -hmm. but there is some serious, like, undeveloped insta-love in that Mm -hmm. book, and, um, and part of that I think also is limited by that it's an epistolary
0: format, so it's all, um,
1: so it's all in these, like, lengthy letters that almost Mm -hmm. feel like they're not really letters, which is another one of my Mm -hmm. issues with that book. But, um, man, like you just do not like it's an it's a almost obsessive
0: mm-hmm. type
1: of attraction or like or mm-hmm. I don't know what you call what the main character zoe um has for this other character, but it's it's you know it's like red flag it's a sea of red flags in terms of yeah, um, and you never really know why. You know, like, like, what is it yeah. about this, this care this, this char- Aaron is the character's name. Um, what is it about Aaron that she's just so, like, needs? Like, mm-hmm. there's, and again, part of that's limited by the letter format, which is also why I think the letter format was the wrong but, choice for that book. Well, plus um, form of,
0: in a way, uh, I feel like a letter format is an unreliable narrator kind yes, of Yes, and I very you know much I mean? felt like so. that, and
1: in that story, it didn't work to have, an unreliable narrator because mm-hmm. it's like i like it's like question mark question mark question mark and i'm mm-hmm. okay with dangling you know sort of dangling threads but this was just so over the top and not really understanding why like i mean I, like it sort of was like oh does she just like him cuz he's hot?
0: <laughs> I mean cuz that's not really something yeah. you can
1: sustain for the length of yeah. the time frame that lasts um in this this particular novel. Um gosh, i sound kind of mean. I'm not usually that like <laughs> but oh, I mean, it did not work for you. That yeah, happens. it didn't work for me and but it's weird I gave it 3 stars on Goodreads cuz I felt like I needed to like honor the writing. Yeah. That's what it was I, I don't think I've ever fair. angsted over like do I give it 1 star or 3 stars? Yeah. Like
0: are the kind of books where I just leave them unrated. <laughs> I know that's so not it's just sure. Like, yeah. What do how do I rate this?
1: Um but I really like I just kept like throughout listening to it like why but why Why Aaron? Like it was, Mm -hmm. and it sort of felt almost like it was like whoever sort of stumbled into her life at that Mm -hmm. time was going to be someone that she sort of attached herself to. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and that would be an interesting story too, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't explored on that level. And again, because it's through that letter format, everything was very like, it's Zoe telling the person who's receiving the letters about the thing. And it was through sort of her filter. And so perhaps that was all intentional, but it didn't work for me. And I did have one of those sort of visceral, like, ugh, uh, insta-love. Yeah. (laughs) This is it. It's very fortuitous that I finished that book yesterday, actually.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, I think insta-love really applies to more than just, like, romantic things. Yeah. Like, because I feel like that obsessive attachment to things that, mm-hmm. like, happens especially when you're a teenager. Yeah. And not just to, like, a romantic interest. I mean, it could be romantic. It could be a crush. It could be somebody that you're actually dating. It could be, like, it even could a be hobby. It like a hobby or a TV show. Or, or writing your fan fiction you know, or yeah. Harry
1: Potter or...
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like there are people who are... have insta-love with those things and it's not necessarily judged as much mm-hmm. as it is when it's insta-love with a romantic pairing in a YA novel. So I think that's kind of an interesting thing, because I think that insta-love is something that happens in real life.
1: No, it, it it is. And I think I think also part of, I mean, I think you also hit on something with the, you know, when we particularly see that term used is related to novels for teens and stories mm-hmm. for teens and, um... You know, again, it goes back to what we've touched on many times in the podcast is that diminishing of, like, young emotions and mm-hmm. young feelings and young experiences that, as adults, we tend to do. And
0: yeah. But well, those are feelings that are real. Those not, are. They're and they're not, I mean, they're valid feelings. Yeah. You know? And my mom so, always
1: um, talks about, she taught high school for a long time, and she always talks about this conversation she had with a colleague once when a girl in her class had just been, like, a total emotional wreck mm-hmm. because um, she and her boyfriend had broken up. Mm-hmm. And the colleague was like, God, they just need to get over it. You know, I'm so mm-hmm. sick of these teenage dramatics. Which, and honestly, if you're a building full of, like, 1,500 teenagers every day, I think you would start to feel like, oh, my goodness, I need these teenage dramatics are too much. Yeah. So understandable feeling. And my mom said she said to her colleague, well, you know, but to them – you know, to us it's just like, oh, part of that we have the benefit of perspective of being young and knowing yeah. that like you know, you move on and things get better and Yeah. And um, you have the
0: perspective of knowing but, that yes, there will be somebody else. But for a teenager, for you, my house, it's know? like going through
1: a divorce. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's you know, brutally difficult emotionally and you know, those are real feelings. Yeah. It's not like those are fake feelings. It's um Yeah. Which would be sort of psychopathic actually. Yeah. I mean. We were like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and, and, but I think, you know, my mom was right in that, you know, in that case. Don't tell her I said that. She gets.
0: <laughs> well, she might hear it if she, she listens. You know what? She's
1: <laughs> not really, doesn't really understand how to download the podcast oh. onto her iPod. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: well, I guess she won't be listening then.
1: So, anyway. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I, but I think that's a, that's a good point too, is that. No, we have the benefit of perspective that like, you know, you move on and things get better. But like man, like people tell, like people tell you like I remember things sucking when I was like
0: fifteen I'd like, be like,
1: Oh, it gets better and like I think they were yeah. idiots. You know what I mean? Like
0: But <laughs> I mean I think that's just like it's normal to like have a really strong irrational attachment to certain things in your life. And for some people it's more than others. But for me, like I am really attached to the Buffalo Bills football team.
1: Even very, haven't made the
0: playoffs in like thirteen years. Very that's not attached. a very rational thing, you know. Yeah. But I'm still, you know, really into keeping track of what's going on with them, and you know, that's not really something that I see people criticize that much. Is when people are really into no. sports. I don't know if it's like because of it's like a male thing, where it's like I a think male there's probably something there's like gender things. I think there's to probably
1: it. something to it, honestly.
0: It wouldn't surprise um, me. And, because Robin Benway kind of made that same comment on her podcast, a while, on our podcast. Yeah, no, I do ago. think there is,
1: like, there's certain things that are socially acceptable to be mm. sort of obsessive about, and, like, football is definitely one of them.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and because I think it has been sort of, like, it's got, yeah. like, that stamp of approval as, like, a mainstream yeah. male But I wouldn't thing. say
0: that it's, like, a rational Healthy thing in my life, you know what I <laughs> no, mean. Being a sports fan, is I'm pretty much miserable for 16 weeks of the year while my team sucks. No,
1: being you know? a sports fan is inherently irrational. Mm-hmm. I watch like basically 160 Seattle Mariners games a year. Anyone who knows anything, Google the Seattle Mariners record, people, and you will realize <laughs> what an insane thing that is to do. Like, I mean, there are so many things in life that would be wiser. Mm -hmm. than watching like 160 Seattle Mariners games a year yeah I mean it's it's the stupidest thing ever yeah and yet I put myself through that
0: yeah so like I don't know if people are (laughs) like oh I really want this character to be smarter than this to be more rational to be better than that that, quote unquote yeah like the whole thing about being a teenager is that teenagers are not yet that's something that maybe they are learning how to do, but they're not there yet.
1: I mean, some teenagers are extremely, like, mature and yeah. can handle stuff. But
0: I, it's, but, I mean, I feel like every person, no matter how mature <coughs> they are at 15, there is still something that they There's are a not learn- going to There's be like rational about. There's, no
1: owner's manual for life.
0: Yeah, but there's always going to be something that triggers irrationality yeah. in somebody. There's just no way you can go through life like, yeah, being I mean, totally like, irrational you, no, I mean,
1: like, you could be like a hardcore One Direction fan, or
0: which is totally you know, fine. which is
1: totally fine. I mean, or I don't know, what are is One Direction still the thing the kids are yeah. looking to? Yeah, okay. a girl
0: actually that I don't know how old she is, I think she's probably like 12, maybe 13, mm-hmm. but I see her at the ice skating rink all the time. She's really sweet, I think her name is Wendy. Not sure. Anyways, I was talking to her one day, because I'm just like, oh, I see you here, like, all the mm-hmm. time. And she's like, yeah, I have two obsessions, One Direction and figure skating. That's so funny. And, you know, and she was like, <laughs> kinda, I was just like, like, she owns it. And, like, I kind of awesome, cool. Like, that you know? like, an
1: impressive level of confidence yeah, for someone and, like, that age awareness. to she's say, just to just, like, like, whatever,
0: I love One Direction. Yeah, to guys. be, like, 12 yeah.
1: and, like, say to an adult, like, I'm into two things, ice skating and One Direction. Deal with it.
0: Yeah, and, it, you know, I think it's also interesting, too, because adults, I feel like, are always wanting their kids to learn how to focus on something, but they want them to focus on certain things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if her obsession, you know, I feel like insta-love, with a, in a romantic sense, that's something that adults frown upon. Mm-hmm. But if this person were, mm-hmm. I don't know why anybody would ever do this, but if somebody were really into, like, Model UN. And super obsessed with it. Um, I knew
1: people who were super obsessed with debate.
0: Okay, so... At, like, um, an unhealthy level. But I feel like (laughs) a lot of adults wouldn't see it as unhealthy if it were something like debate. They could, like, make you you a better person or whatever. Yeah. Whereas (laughs) learning how to, like, navigate a relationship that at first is perhaps really irrational is not a good thing. Yeah. Well, I think it's also, I mean, there's so much. There's
1: so much to untangle with the way we respond to that stuff. I mean, there really is, you know. Um,
0: But, I mean, like, I feel like I still get, like, attached to things in an unhealthy way. Like, when I first started, when I first joined Tumblr, I was on Tumblr, like, twenty. Oh, you were on you know? Tumblr a lot. I was on Tumblr, like, I was, like, I forgot about that. searching for, you know, <laughs> I was just, like, I would, like, go looking for all the John Cusack vlogs, looking for, like, <laughs> things from Say Anything and High Fidelity, and you know, I was super obsessive about it, you know. i was super
1: obsessive about Friday Night Lights. Yeah. I mean, I know episode names. Like, yeah. I can rattle them up. Like,
0: remember in, yeah. you know... I was like, oh, my God, I love you, Tumblr. I love you so much, you know? what I mean?" And I still do love Tumblr, but I've kind of backed away from it. Yeah, your that. relationship like, is matured. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's not something that can happen, too, you know? And I think a lot of times with insta-love, you see the initial attraction <gasps> and the initial obsession. And you kind of see, like, the honeymoon phase a lot mm. of times. And, you know, so I, I don't know if people feel like they want to see not just that. Go beyond that. I'm not really sure. Yeah, what people are looking for. So they hate insta love so much. Related to
1: the insta love phenomenon, Mm because these things often also happen hand Mm -hmm. in hand,
0: is the love triangle, Mm -hmm.
1: which is always, which is so fascinating. It's really fascinating. People get really angry about love triangles. It's not only it's not only interesting, like the way people get angry at it, but also how sometimes things get labeled as like love triangles.
0: Mm -hmm. That
1: I'm like, hold on. Like, the Raven Boys series gets labeled as, like, a love triangle.
0: Oh, no, I don't agree with that. And I don't agree
1: with that at all. Um, By Maggie Stiefvater. And, um, oh, there's some others as well that I've seen labeled as, um... Oh, like, Suzanne Young's, um... The program series, the program and the treatment. Oh,
0: um, that mm. one has been
1: labeled as a love triangle quite a bit as well. It's also been labeled as dystopian, and it's not dystopian. So there's yeah. a lot of stuff with that particular <laughs> duet. So that's and that's a really good series. It is a really, it's yeah, a really good, good duology. So it, it really is. It's really. And I'm so glad it's a duology. And not it's actually else. perfect <laughs> as a two book yeah. series too. It's it's always a nice when like the number of books in a series actually makes sense for. The ser- like, yeah, because <laughs> it's so good as a two as a two book
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, story, and um, there's some others as well that I'm not able to rattle off um, off the top of my head. But um, you know, I actually am of the I am of the velocity. I don't think Hunger Games is a love triangle, and yeah, I don't
0: particularly think it is I, either.
1: But man, any article you read about the Hunger Games and it's that quote unquote love triangle of Peta, Gale, and Katniss is always mentioned, and, um, I see that as, it, it just, it doesn't work as a traditional love triangle for me.
0: No, because, um, I mean, first of all, it's just, the romance is just not... Well, it's not
1: a huge part of that story. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, also, with that particular series, it's not, I mean, it's obviously present, sort of, but there's so much, like, about family and mm-hmm. politics, and it's such a relatively minor part of that story, even yeah. though I think... I think the movie marketing has definitely, like, amped up the way that perception, mm-hmm. and I think the sort of, um, the Twilight paradigm of the Team X or the Team yeah. Y... Well, I'm um, of like you,
0: you do know that Katniss is going to end up with one or the other, and you don't know which one, but right. I don't necessarily think that makes it a triangle.
1: <laughs> no, I think it makes it sort of, it's two, sort of two possible paths. Yeah. And that's why... It, it, it To me, it just doesn't have that, like... It never feels like she's choosing between two boys. Mm-hmm. So much as she's trying to get to an end point that mm-hmm. works for her. And um, partly because that choice-making doesn't really happen on the page in yeah. a significant way, too. I think that makes... Um,
0: and in some ways, I think that choice is, in some ways, taken away from her.
1: It is taken away from her. So... Um, which also is why... I mean, that's the last book in particular. There's so many reasons why it's sad, but it's really um, a you know such a sort of sad series in a lot of ways. But um, but I do feel like def- like there's it, but then there are like you know I really love the Vampire Diaries, the TV show. Right. I've never read the books. Um, <laughs> don't plan on it. But I mean, that is definitely a love triangle in that mm-hmm. series. I mean, there's Damon and there's Stefan and like. You know, Elena's in the middle, and it is, like, a tr- very traditional, you know, love triangle. But I love that love – like, I love it. Like, it's mm-hmm. so – it's, you know, and it, it's just – it works for me, and it's, like, the drama of it is so – it's sort of why love triangles fell. I mean, because it really – Yeah. And the two guys represent, like, these sort of two –
0: Like, the conflict really works. The
1: conflict yeah. really works. Like, it really does. Like – Stefan is like the safe choice, who will always treat Elena really well and, mm-hmm. you know, is stable. And Damon is like the risky choice. And he's got lots of issues with like killing people and stuff. And, you know, he does this really horrible, <laughs> he does these really horrible things in the first season. I mean, really horrible things. And, um, you know, I mean, on paper, I should hate that character. But, like, I love how he challenges her and, like, makes her sort of a more interesting character by the mm-hmm. way he challenges her. And so it's, and it's like, well, and then it's like, well, okay, I kind of like the, the like sort of on paper bad choice a lot more because it makes for a more interesting story. Right. Um, And it's sort of that symbolic love triangle thing that's really, someone wrote an amazing treatise on like the beauty of the Vampire Diaries Love Triangle ah. that I will dig up and post because it's, it's spectacular. Like I'm, I'm jealous. I didn't write this thing, honestly. <laughs> um, and like, no one should ever write about that love triangle again because this person this is one such is an perfection.
0: Art. It yeah. is.
1: It's perfection. It's it's just so spectacular. Um, and. Uh, another one that I think a lot of people really like is the Love Triangle and the Shatter Me series, and I haven't read the Fish last series? One. The Shatter Me. It's a total dystopian. Oh, dance. I haven't read It is that. not,
0: like, it is. I haven't read that.
1: It, and I feel like it owns what it is, mm-hmm. so I don't have issues with it. Like, I would, um, sort of the ones that, uh, the dystopia that actually end up not really having much world, but, like, the Delirium series. And, uh. Yeah. <laughs> they like have like piss poor world building and yeah. like it's just basically like window dressing for this like relationship drama. Um but I actually like appreciate that the Shatter Me series sort of by uh Tara Moffey. Um that it owns what it is. Like it is a dystopian romance. Like that's what it yeah. is. And um I haven't read the last book. But the, but it has very much a um and I have my suspicions what Hat was what happens. So I probably, I'm a little, what I suspect, I'm concerned about what's going to happen with the way this one character goes. Anyway, but um, that again has sort of an interesting, that kind of good, cho- like safe choice, risky choice, that kind of yeah. thing that actually more than anything inform the char- the main character's narration and who she right. becomes and all of that kind of symbolic stuff, um, you know. What are your thoughts on the love triangle issue? I have a lot of it. I can just narr like, like I can just sort of, like, monologue <laughs> about my feelings on this.
0: Well, well, the reason we're doing this podcast is because, like, I don't know, a couple months ago, I was like, this is, like, yet another <laughs> example of the things that Laura thinks about while she is tuning in. I know, Earth, I got this text message. happens a lot. <laughs> and uh, so, for some reason, I was pondering love triangles, and, you know, I really feel like love triangles aren't, I think they're, in some ways, when they're, especially in YA books, I think that they're a really good, concrete way of, like, showing teenagers, like, how to make hard decisions. Like, I think that, like, everybody in life faces these hard decisions in their lives, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic one, but like when I, let's see, I used to ice skate every day, and I used to play piano a lot, and I had to decide which one I wanted to devote my time to as I got into my junior and senior years of high school because, you know, I just, I had to apply to college, I had to, you know, figure out a direction. Right. Right. You know, so I had to kind of pick between those two, but I loved both of them a lot, and it was really hard for me, you know, and I would say in some ways that was a love triangle for me. Right. Or like when I had to decide where to go to college, and I had two really great choices, and, you know, and sometimes the decisions are not easy, or sometimes, you know, one of them had certain benefits, and the other one had certain benefits, you know, and they weren't Mm -hmm. exact, and I just had to make this decision as to which one of them was, you know, going to be a better choice, You know, or I guess people can pull a Kelly Taylor and just choose themselves or something like that. That's a Beverly Hills 90210 reference. And I just realized a lot of people (laughs) will not get that
1: reference, and that makes me very sad.
0: I know. I mean, it's going to make me feel super old. Uh, Kelly Taylor, you know? (laughs) I know. I really, that is. But if you do get that reference, that makes me really super happy. Yeah. And Uh, we're not
1: talking about 90210, the new class or whatever
0: it's called. No, no, we're talking the original, original where, like, they had, like, 30-year-olds playing 14-year-olds, Oh, that was so bad. I know, but it was awesome, too. (laughs) Come on. Uh Um,
1: I think one of the other things, um, with the things, especially with stories that get labeled as love triangles, that I often feel aren't love triangles, is when, uh, and it's always the female narrator, um, has, like, they have one interest one love interest at the beginning, and then things happen in their life, and maybe they have a different one, right? And which is totally something that, that can be in such life. an interesting. Also, it can be such a great storytelling device because yeah. it can show um, character growth. And like I, I am a huge fan of Gabrielle Zevin's um, Birthright series, which yeah. is all these things I've done uh, because it is my blood and love in the age of chocolate. That's not quite the last one's title, isn't quite right. Um, but I love that series, and I think it's really intelligent and different, and um, just really it's one of those that I can I haven't, I, I just want to reread, which I'm not a big rereader. And um, in that series, the way her relationships, because it also takes place over a fair amount of time, like I think it, it starts when she's like 16 or 17, and it ends when she's in her 20s. Mm-hmm. And, um, the way her sort of entanglements sort of ebb and flow. And there's one character who she has a relationship with at one point, And that relationship ends. And then two books later, she has a relationship with this character again. And it really shows the arc of both of those characters too, that they're able, that they've grown and changed um, and matured to where they can't, can have a relationship. And it's, and I love what she did with, with Anya is The character's name and her sort of almost the way she thinks about the people she dates and the way she has relationships and she's a business Mm -hmm. person and she's very shrewd and she's in a lot of ways very calculating in her um, she she never she's kind of keeps herself emotionally closed off somewhat yeah and so there's a lot of interesting things with watching her grow as a person who um, sort of keeps herself reserved emotionally and so but i that's another series that i've seen actually labeled um love like triangulated love and i'm like what what, <laughs> like, what? no no um and not that i mean i think everyone's interpretations are different and um so i i don't want to you know i want to honor that everyone reads things differently but um that's one of my favorite applications of that sort of um you know she doesn't have to stick with this one person that she was with when she was 16. Yeah. For all, and, and, you know, sometimes relationships run their course and there's other things. And with her, it's not just other people that pique her interest. It actually is she becomes, she finishes school and becomes like a business person.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and that's, and that becomes in a lot of ways her love is, is this business. And, um, really love that series. Like whenever I talk about it, I'm like, wow, I see what she did there. That's really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to read that one. Um, but uh, it's but that can be so effective. I mean, they it is interesting with our sort of, especially when we talk about YA books. Our expectations are we don't want insta love, but we don't want characters to have multiple love interests. We want them to be stable with the one person.
0: Yeah. Uh, that is those are high expectations, yeah. man. That's tough. They are. And the thing is is that I think it's really normal for people in general, not just teenagers, to have more than one love interest in their lives. Mm-hmm. Maybe not necessarily at the same time, but I think it it can happen at the same time. Cool. I could see a situation where it would, you know, especially when you're going through that phase where you are changing a lot. So what worked for you a year ago might not work for you now, you know? Well,
1: another um, another series that I really – series are always great examples for this sort of thing, that I really um, enjoyed that the sort of execution of the sort of, like, Multiple relationships with different people that sort of Mm -hmm. are in a lot of ways symbolic of character growth is Cassie Alexander's Edie Spence series, Mm -hmm. which that series is crazy. I was chatting with Courtney Summers. Woohoo! Got our Courtney (laughs) Summers (laughs) pictures! Really
0: important. I know, it's very
1: important to get that in there. Um, I was chatting with Courtney Summers on Twitter, I think it was yesterday, about um, zombies, (laughs) as one does. And, um, <laughs> it's and I was saying, you know, there's a at one point in that that uh Cassie Alexander series, um, there is one of the love interests is a zombie. Uh, oh, okay. And but throughout that that s- series, Edie has and the series isn't done. Um it's on book it just book four came out. I reviewed that on the blog back in December. Book four came out in December and there's another one coming out in the spring. Um It, uh, she had, Edie, as she sort of, she's sort of an emotionally stunted adult.
0: Oh,
1: (laughs) okay. (laughs) That happens. Yeah. And, um, she's just kind of, like, got to some delayed maturity issues, and she's jaded, and she's just, she's kind of a mess. But as Edie slowly becomes slightly less of a mess, like, slightly less of a mess, um, her priorities in terms of who she has a relationship with and the sort of things she'll tolerate and what she wants change over the course of that series. And it's such an important part of understanding Edie is who she gets wrapped up with. Yeah. And, um, I know there's been some pretty dissatisfied, um, readers, especially people who tend to read like paranormal, romance versus urban fantasy. And this series is definitely urban fantasy, not paranormal romance. Um, and, They've been dissatisfied with E's e sort of lack of sort of solid, you know, stable relationships. Uh-huh. But it's also why I think that series is so strong,
0: too. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think it's, like, healthy to kind of, you know, because sometimes the first relationship, even, you might love the person, or you might not, or, you know... It might be safe, or it might be okay, but that doesn't mean that it's the right one for you forever. Right. You know, so right. I don't think there's anything wrong with exploring multiple things. I mean, sometimes it can be done really badly. Well, yeah. Don't get me wrong, but well, like in that, you but know, but I that, don't think that a like a love triangle's existence in a book should it, necessarily. It's not a deal breaker. Yeah. And it's not for me, personally. Yeah, it's not and for like me. And like I said, you know, I kind of try to think of it in a symbolic way in a lot of ways because it's like it teaches people that there are hard decisions and you yeah. have to figure out how to make them, you know, well, just in your life. And I feel like that's, like, a really concrete way of showing people that, especially kids who are, like, 15, and it's mm-hmm. a way that will interest them because, let's face it, love triangles are fun to read. You They're know? totally fun to read. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like I think in, um... Our previous episode of our podcast, I mentioned going into that, um, uh, panel about women in sci-fi and fantasy, um, mm-hmm. last year, and Melinda Lowe talked about her, um...
0: Oh, the bisexual uh, one. Yeah, yeah,
1: and how she's like, everyone deserves a love triangle story. Yeah. You know, <laughs> she really, you know, because they're so fun to read when they're, yeah. you know, when they're well done, like, you, it's it's hard not to get sucked into the, you yeah. know the drama and, um... It's, you know, it's it, it's entertaining, and it um, can be really yeah. fun.
0: Well, like, and I really remember, like, in Gilmore Girls, in the second season. Yes. Um, you know, I really hated what happened to Dean. Uh, after, hey. after the second season, I got really Ugh. upset, because they really changed him in a they, way that was really unnecessary They, me. like, character assassinated him. Yeah, they pretty much But the thing is, I feel like it made sense, because, like... He was a really good boyfriend. He was sweet. He was nice in the first he season. He was really He kind. adored Rory. Yeah. And you could see... I mean, he was tall and handsome, and you could totally see why Rory, you know, really had strong feelings for him as yeah. well, you know? But then... But he wasn't... He also didn't stimulate her in certain ways that interested her, the way that Jess did, like, yeah. intellectually and things like that. So, and I think that's totally fair. I think it's mm-hmm. totally fair that she would feel maybe that it would
1: she, that was she would be interested in yeah. somebody
0: else because they interested her in this other way that was also really important and meaningful to her you know
1: you know i've been rewatching the gilmore girls slowly and i think the second season was sort of the most interesting in a lot of ways
0: yeah you know and i really kind of wish that they hadn't wanted just to have his own series, because i think that like he was kind of he wasn't more interesting was an character interesting than i remember and i think that like having him and Rory really working on a relationship long term because their relationship really wasn't that long no
1: it was really i really remember it short. I remembered it being longer and yeah and it, it was really wasn't at yeah. all
0: and i feel like if they had had been given that opportunity to have a longer relationship i feel like there could have been really interesting things in that situation. Yeah,
1: especially if she went off
0: to school and all yeah. of that kind of stuff. Because after that, her...
1: Ugh. Yeah.
0: I was I, not really in favor of her romantic uh, decisions.
1: They were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they were just terrible.
0: Yeah. Um, they were just so You know, bad. and I feel like when um, I talk to people about, like, Rory and her, like, romances, that you have to be really specific about which one cuz i'm just i'm very specific where i'm just like i am teen season 1 dean but yeah, not anything not anything you know after what I that mean. <laughs> but you have to be really specific you do. because they really changed him a lot the writers really changed his character a and, great deal and and that's
1: actually one of my big pet peeves in general is when a viable option is basically destroyed in order to serve, like, the end game of the, in a sense, keep the main character from having to make a choice. Yeah. And...
0: But, like, I mean, sometimes relationships, like, run their course, and I feel like Rory and Dean's relationship would have run this course without Dean becoming an asshole. You know what I mean? Right. Because it's just like they were going in different directions in their lives. And I thought that would have been really interesting. Right. And it's it's so like in that, that the aforementioned
1: ketchup clouds, there's yeah. a love triangle in that as well. And, um,
0: instant love and a love yes. triangle.
1: And the writing is so pretty, though. Um, but the, the one, one corner of the triangle is a pretty appealing character. And in the, like, second to last chapter, his, he's just, wrecked as a character to enable her to be with this other character. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, and it's sort of the things that he does come out of left field in such a big way Mm -hmm. that it's not, it's not even really what I would have, what I knew of his character. It didn't even
0: make sense.
1: And it's kind of the yeah. way it felt, like, with Dean. Like, they turned mm-hmm. Dean into an asshole, and he was a nice guy.
0: Yeah. And
1: I don't, it, it, they didn't need to, they, the conflict didn't have to be so big that they, yeah. I guess they needed to alleviate Rory's guilt.
0: Um, Maybe, I don't know what the deal was. to me, but. it
1: feels, honestly, it feels kind of lazy.
0: It was lazy. And
1: that always, that's such a big, um... That's such a big bugaboo with me.
0: Yeah. With but it, so I would like... always have been really interested to see what would have happened if my so-called life had had a second season. Yes. Between Angela, Jordan, and Brian. Yes. Um, because I think that had really interesting possibilities. hmm And that's a love triangle, I guess, that I would have, you know, I think that would have been worth exploring, you know? I mean, sometimes I think that, like, exploring Choices like that is really valuable well, for people. You know what's
1: another interesting love triangle is um, the love triangle in Winger by Andrew I Smith. I have not read that
0: yet. It's an interesting rugby player.
1: Yes, that's an interesting book. I I still have not gotten my hands around how I feel yeah, about I've it. Yeah, I've
0: heard like different varying things about it.
1: So and he's yeah. a, he's a good
0: writer. Yeah, I think in general reaction has been really and positive
1: I think about that book it. is really interesting. And I think I know there was a lot of kerfuffle and. Because someone called it like it was, you know, compared it to John Green and yeah. all that. Um, but I do think like it, it's the horror, a, the I, horror. I know. I do think that um, <laughs> that book in particular, it, you know, for people who like like looking for Alaska, yeah, would probably really like that book because um, it's got sort of there's a quality to it, and I, I don't can't put my finger on what that quality is. Yeah. Um, but it's, and I think also just the way like he uses language has that sort of interesting playfulness yeah. and some humor and it's very smart like it's got that sort of you know teenager speaking very intelligently yeah. kind of thing um i just i felt like the lat like the end was a little the end should have happened earlier on <laughs> yeah. in that book um, I know how that because there's yeah. like aftermath of the thing that happens at the end that what i think would have been could deserve more page time uh-huh um but, uh, there's a love triangle and then the main character's a boy and there's two girls. And, um, it's a really interesting love triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that we see actually, I, I, I mean, I haven't read every book from a boy perspective ever, mm-hmm. but I do think that we don't see a whole lot of like boy at the center of a love triangle.
0: You know, stories. I was just thinking though the other day, cause we we're in preparation for this, but I was thinking about Von Corky. Yes. The second... The, so the, the first one is Shakespeare. Shakespeare book.
1: makes the playoffs. Yeah. And yeah. I, I
0: thought that was really interesting. Uh, Amy and... Oh, Maya, I
1: want to
0: say?
1: I think it was... Maya? I think yeah. that sounds right. Because it's even the cover of that book. It's like, set screens, love triangle. Yeah. Um, But that's a good... That's another but, good like, one. But, like, I mean,
0: that's one where, like, you know, the boy has a choice that they have to make. And it, it is something that happens, you Well, know? and I... You know, and I actually, I like
1: that one in particular because he really does sort of let, um, the main character have, like, a lot of emotions. The boys are often... Yeah. They're, they're looked down upon if yeah. they're angsting about their romantic entanglement. Yeah, and, and I,
0: I like that he had it so that the boy did make mistakes. Yes, he's has got That, kind of, like, I mean, he did some not... Great, he makes very poor decisions. Relation to the love triangle, you know what I mean? Not. Good decisions, you know, but there are decisions that I think are very common when you're that age. Well, in that and a lot of what you try to do is try to avoid hurting other people in the short term, and then it gets really and fucked hurting up in the long term. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. and then like it backfires, then you're like, shit. <laughs> I really that that's, I think everybody does that, that little
1: duet of novels is one I recommend a lot. I, I really
0: like it. Yeah. I
1: really like it, and I think it's also really accessible to like a wide age group yeah and there's,
0: i agree i think
1: there's a lot in it that um like like if you're into poetry and like that kind of thing like mm-hmm. that you'll you'd like it and if you're into sports like there's so much of the sports stuff and there's yeah there's just such a wide range of people that can get something out of those two books um that will really click with them and there aren't a lot of books that i can recommend as widely as that little pair of books. Mm-hmm. I also think it's a really good introduction to verse novels because mm-hmm. they're not very long and yeah, yeah. they yeah, actually totally agree. especially the first one talks a lot about poetry structure and stuff. Yeah. Like it's actually kind of educational but like in an
0: accessible way. And it's
1: a fun way and some of it's funny too and there's just so much those books have to offer and I, I feel like they're really under the radar and I I don't know why.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, but I don't remember (coughs) ever getting angry that there were multiple love interests in that.
1: No, and I think that's also, like, it's one of those words, it's developed really well, and it's, um, and it's very true to life, and, Mm. um, the, you know, he goes in interesting directions with the choices and the emotional stuff.
0: Yeah. Um. Like, I'm not really sure if people think that there should be... One person early on, but I I mean, there certainly wasn't for me, you know what I mean? Like, it took a while before I was really able to figure out, like, what I was, what my tolerance would be in a relationship, and Mm -hmm. what I wanted out of it, and that sort of thing. And, you know, you reach a point where, you know, maybe one person is the one that will fit all of those things, but up until you get to that point, there could be a couple people where they're like, oh, they have this really great quality, but not this one, but we'll we'll try it, you know? It could work, you know? You could make it work, you know? And it's not like, my husband is perfect. I mean, I love my husband. I think he's fabulous. He does the dishes and stuff. Yeah, he does. Yeah, do don't the don't mess that he up. Listen to the podcast. I know
1: my husband doesn't listen to the podcast. Either. Whatever, and my husband <laughs> listens to a lot of podcasts. Yeah,
0: but like I mean, <laughs> it's not you know, and it's not to say that our relationship doesn't take effort, you know, no, and it's, it's that life. it doesn't take work, you know. Yeah. But like you know, I was able to find somebody that you know, I, I was able to figure out what most of my criteria were by mm-hmm. like you know going through different things in my life, you know, and then I found somebody that met most of them, and I was able to make it work with him. So.
1: You know, this is slightly off topic, but a really interesting book um, that kind of explores the idea of, like, what will you tolerate, and what are, you know, what do you want out of another person is um, Sarah Manning's You Don't Have to Say You Love Me.
0: Oh, Because okay. the
1: whole book is basically about a, what she calls a pancake relationship, which is like basically like a if uh, these two characters won. I haven't heard that term before. But yes, it's made up from that book. <laughs> um, which, I thought was so clever. The idea is that, like, when you make pancakes, like, you know how the first pancake is, like, kind of a mess? Like, it's always, like, a little overcooked or a little yeah, overcooked. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, But, you know, you make that first pancake, and then you kind of toss that one. You know, you taste it, see how it is, toss it. You sort of figure out, do I need to adjust the temperature? Do I need to, like, add more liquid? You know, yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. Of, It's this whole metaphor about pancakes. and yeah, that makes
0: uh, sense, though. I know,
1: it's a really good metaphor. But it's about the so called pancake relationship and one of the characters he's never really like
0: But you fight like, you figure out a way to make a pancake that works. And that then works. you might actually be able to figure out like tweak things to, to make, make it, better pancakes. Yeah. Right. Isn't it a good Yeah, it book? is. A really so good the whole movie. book, I mean it's I like a that. long
1: book, it's like six hundred pages, is is about this pancake relationship and mm-hmm. um this the main character sort of figuring out what she'll um you know what she wants and what she'll tolerate and all that and
0: mm-hmm. um
1: there's no love well there actually kind of is a little bit of a love triangle but not really mm-hmm. um it's sort of like a love triangle in her head and um which is also sort of another interesting she does a lot of stuff with subverting really common tropes like yeah. sort of, like me- sort of messing with like suit like really like she did one that was a uh, like totally subverted the sort of pretty woman like billionaire rescues the you know poor you know girl trope yeah but you know she does a lot of that stuff um i don't know if she has a love triangle one I <laughs> <laughs> but um anyway that's an interesting one if you're interested in that sort of uh Element. Now i said You gave me your interesting disease. You've gotten rid of interesting. I'm sorry. No, I you,
0: haven't. I've used it multiple times. No, but you have
1: know, really edited it out of your speech patterns,
0: like in a big way. I and have now put I effort it up. into it, but I did use it today. So at
1: that anyway, that's what that's when if you're um, if that sort of piques your interest. Damn it! <laughs> 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 and then.
0: Cake metaphor a lot. Isn't that a great metaphor? Yeah, I've just been like pondering this. I know, I just <laughs> read that
1: when I read that I read that book a couple
0: weeks ago. and but I think it, like, it makes a lot of sense. I was like, like relationships. Yeah. That's really like Like you'll find something that maybe works but isn't like it could still be better. Yeah, you're you like know you know, I mean? a pigeon that maybe. What about made it, like cinnamon? Yeah. Like, you know, what about it? Like what kind if I of turn of the heat down a little yeah. bit and <laughs> let it cook longer? I mean, yeah, there's so I was, But like you know, those kind of things take effort as like relationships too. Yeah, chips do, yeah so.
1: as does cooking pancakes. I have to say I make top notch pancakes. My first pancake is usually actually pretty good. Oh. Nice. I am pretty proud of yeah. my pancake skills.
0: <laughs> I haven't made <laughs> pancakes in ages, though. <laughs> that
1: when we had our snowstorm, you know, um, we had a box, we did, sort of ran out of food,
0: <laughs> and
1: we had a box of pancake mix, so we uh, had quite a bit of, we ate a lot of pancakes. Oh,
0: okay. During that. <laughs> we live right by a Safeway, so it's really
1: convenient. Well, we do like, too, yeah. but it was, like, really icy those last couple days.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not like I went to Safeway, Eric did it. Yeah. Actually, when we, when we got, when we were
1: down to like not having much food, Josh did make his way over to the Safeway. Yeah. Anyway, pancakes, metaphor for life. Thank you, Sarah Manning. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we should be wrapping up. Laura, do you have any final thoughts on love triangles or is- Oh my goodness! I'm interrupting myself! How have I not mentioned Dawson's Creek?
0: You know, I'm really surprised that that happened. What yet. is wrong with me? I was gonna bring up Party of Five too. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, It's so funny because I
1: when it was they were running, like I loved Party of Five so much, like and like Dawson's Creek was like my secret shame.
0: Yeah. And
1: now it's like my affection. It's like they flip flopped because yeah. I like Dawson's Creek is definitely the one I'm more like, like I'm more down with Dawson's Creek because well, I also rewatched it last year and that yeah. was pretty fun. Um. But anyway, I think that is one of my sort of favorite um, favorite love triangles. Yeah. I though the thing that boggles my mind is that they didn't know until they wrote the season finale, like they were still tweaking it, like right up until yeah. they filmed it. Which who Joey was going to choose? I just can't get my head around that. Like that's just crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. It was always obvious.
0: Look <laughs> well, at you, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, I
1: mean, I know, like. Joey and Dawson were, like, these best friends who were supposed to be soulmates and, you know, all, you know, all of that. But, like, man, like, Pacey bought Joey a wall. <laughs> You're looking at me like, okay. <laughs> he bought her a wall. <laughs> and let her let her shave off that yucky goatee. I mean, come on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I always remember I think it was I don't remember if it's the second or third season of party five, but Julia kind of goes through like she a does actually and i I actually remember thinking it was really well done like yeah. I don't remember being really angry and like you know, I thought it was a valid but difficult choice that she had to make. I don't really like agree with the fact that she at, did actually like actively cheat on her boyfriend yeah necessarily, that was pretty crappy. but like um. We're not saying multiple love interests make no, it okay to cheat. Well, and that what we're was, saying here, guys. That was okay. actually also <laughs>
1: my issue with Ketchup Clouds was yeah. that the main character does cheat on her boyfriend. Yeah. And with someone who's really that inappropriate. Happen. And I didn't mind that it happened, but what I ma- minded was that she basically suffered few consequences. Yeah. I mean, even though there are consequences that are suffered, they're not necessarily suffered by her. And that really, I mean, I guess sometimes people make bad decisions and they don't suffer consequences, but. Yeah. Um That particular one yeah. I think that she would have. Yeah. And, um, she didn't to the extent I felt like would have been realistic. Yeah, I'm beaten up on that poor book. <laughs> really beautifully written, though. <laughs> anyway. Um, I wonder what Party of Five holds up.
0: They have it on Amazon Prime, so I was gonna try it out. And I know. I remember. Said, I, I mean, because there were certain things that I thought they did really well, with, you know, just the way the family had to come together yeah. after the parents died, and I remember them doing some really spectacular things with that. With that, yeah,
1: and I, and I, I kind of have recollections of the first two or three seasons being a lot better. Then the final season? Yeah, no, that's And true. I remember it really... I think
0: the first three seasons were
1: the strongest. Remember when Bailey became an alcoholic and they had the intervention? Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. That was, <laughs> that was like, at that point it just was, like, downhill. Yeah. Like, rapidly. So... Um, I don't remember. Was that like season four, maybe?
0: Uh, I think it was like season four or five, yeah. yeah. But I remember the first three seasons being really strong, you know, because the family was having to deal with so much. Yeah, the sibling dynamics. Pull it together after this tragedy had happened to them, you know, and the figure s- out how to make it yeah, work. Yeah,
1: the, sim- the sibling dynamics were really well really
0: done. Really well done. And I uh, thought they were very accurate.
1: <laughs> and wasn't our pal Ray Ray's um, uh, favorite fake girlfriend um, in that show? Uh, Lacey... Oh, yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Ch- Chabert, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I saw so. her... So, when I first saw her, she was on Star Search when she was, like, five wow. years old. Does anybody else remember Star Search? I remember Star Search. Yeah, what? I used to watch that show, like, every Saturday morning. It was, like, American Idol, and Idol and before of,
1: American Idol. A lot
0: of people A lot of Star really Search. famous people were on Star Search. Yeah, but, like, she... She was on Star Search when she was, like, five, and she was adorable, and she was a really good singer.
1: So, yeah. Anyway... All right, we should be wrapping up because, well. Yeah, I think we're obviously
0: not talking about love triangles. And I
1: have have to go to a meeting. Oh, right, right. So, anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will talk at you again soon.
0: Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Clear Eyes, Full Shelves podcast. Be sure to check out our book reviews, recommendations, opinion, and all around nerdy badassery at cleareyesfullshelves.com. Or on Twitter, at Full Shelves. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Until next time, Clear Eyes, Full Shelves, can't lose.